So, um, just uh, we'll be recording these Q and A's. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with your question being recorded, then um, say that, and Mark will turn the machine off or turn it down or something at that at that point. So. Um, but generally speaking, as I said earlier, um, your questions are, are, will be helpful for other people, helpful for you later on, etc. But if you don't feel comfortable with that, just, just say so and uh, we, we lose it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what else to say really. So any, anyone, any, anything, questions so far? Yeah, please. Is that John? Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes you say um, the energy body rather than my or your, and I sometimes got the sense that it's as if there's just one. Oh. Am I just getting the wrong end of the stick? Um, could everyone hear that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat just in case you can't. So John's asking um, sometimes when uh, I speak, and I think also Catherine as well, <laughs> Generally, you'll find Buddhist teachers as, as like the body. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, the, the the one one level of answer is um, yeah, sure. There is one, and there is many, and there is none. Uh, <laughs> they're all true. Um, I, I think it's just a, a habit of speech, really. Um, Probably that I've picked up, but, but actually intended that rather than to point towards there is only one, which we could say, and that's a, a valid point of view, as valid a perspective, a way of looking as any, any other. Um, I think the, uh, the languaging of the energy body rather than my is just to give a little bit more sense of um, less of the self's kind of tight grip around it, my energy body, and I'm evaluating myself because it's my energy body so the, the a little less me and mine in it, a little more looseness in the in the uh, relationship of identification with the experience um, so pointing just just allowing a little more room rather than going to this uh, every, everything is one big energy body which is actually a, a very fine perception very important as a mystical experience but not so much what we're going for right now something, variations on that can open up uh, quite spontaneously, for, even on this retreat maybe, or whatever, but that's not so much an aim. That, that is. Does that make sense? Does that answer? Yeah? Good. <clears throat> yeah, Chrissy. Um, I'm finding that when I try and rest in the energy body when I'm sat here, especially with the group, then I find it quite easy. Yeah. As soon as I'm outside... Huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
then I can't rest in it. Yeah. Have you got any? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Could everyone hear that? So, uh, do you think I need to repeat it? I'll, I'll repeat it just for the recording. If, um, so Chrissy is saying um, when she's in, in the meditation hall and, and with the group energy as well, uh, it's, it's easier to access and stay and rest in, in the energy body. When there's some other kind of sensation um, impinging on, on the body and on the bodily consciousness like the wind or the touch lying down, uh, of, the, of the contact with the floor, then it's harder to stay with the energy, energy body feelings. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, in a way, maybe, um, maybe it has to do with, uh, I mean, there could, there could be a lot of possibilities, but, but part of it could just be familiarity. You know, the usual way where uh, we're used to paying attention to the body is not via the energy body, it's via the sensations, especially if you've done mindfulness and insight meditation. So there's a kind of propensity for the awareness to, to just be, be aware of sensations. The more uh, you touch base with the energy body, um, make it easy for yourself at first. Don't go where it's difficult, you know, too much. You know, Make it easy for yourself, just hanging out there, getting used to that what I'm calling a sensibility, that kind of tuning of the awareness, it just becomes more and more second nature. And then you've got like, you know, like you're riding a bike or something, you, you, you're good with all the gears. I can shift to sensations, I can shift to energy body, I can shift to other kinds of awareness of body. But the more you hang out there, um, make it easy for yourself, and the more you hang out there, the easier it will expand to other, other regions. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily you know, bang your head where it's difficult. Um, but it might be there's some kind of in-between environment where it's easier. But, you know, don't, don't, I wouldn't worry about it too, too much. Um, let's see if some other possibilities. Maybe, um, maybe what you could do is uh, two possibilities. One is um, make the awareness space bigger, if that makes sense. So, as I said this morning, when we talk about energy body, energy space, whatever. I'm talking about a space that's usually a bit bigger than the body. Yeah? Now the awareness can go very small. I could pay attention to you know, a minute uh, area of attention in the tip of my finger, for instance, as, as, as you can, or I can go really huge. So there's like gradations of how big the awareness, a whole spectrum of how big the awareness can be, right? Uh, energy body tends to be you know, this kind of space, um, but it might serve to go really big for a while and just let everything be there. So you'll get maybe a mix of the, the, the more um, usual kinds of sensations in awareness, but they're in a bigger space, so the mind is not sucked into them so, so much. Do you understand? It has more, and you just stay, it, it'll shrink, fine, and, you, and you, but really as big, as big as you can. In that space, you've got sensations and, and things dancing around, and um, maybe you can have sensations and energy in that space, and then you can kind of tune back in, yeah? And the converse possibility is maybe possible, um, which is uh, um, maybe, it, you know, very gently to go in into the center of the body. So if, if something's on your skin, it's just gently, well, what's happening right right at the core, yeah? Sometimes I, I um, offer, to, sometimes for some people, what can be helpful is actually using the imagination a little bit. So, for instance, um, and that can happen 
any, you know, as I said, anything goes with the imagination. But one thing that's helpful is if we're talking about the core, um, is there's a line, uh, you can imagine a line of energy up the body. And so let these sensations be. You don't have to fight these skin sensations, but just imagine that line. <coughs> Maybe it's a certain color or whatever. But feel into how that vertical axis feels energetically in, in the middle of the body. Does that make sense? And and if, if you just hold that, it's a little bit more going in with that imagination helping, um, then aware of the whole space, but with, with that central axis, that, that might help as well. Yeah, but generally I'd say don't, you know, just, it sounds great, and, and this thing, as I said this morning, it grows more until it becomes just, just another dimension of life. It's just another way we can feel the body. Yeah? Okay, good. Yes, please. Um, when, I, um, when I'm practicing and I become concentrated, mm. I get um, a, a sense of, I, th- I think it's what you would call peaty. Yeah. Um, and it feels like a sort of, as though I'm wearing a helmet or uh-huh. a dress or something like that. Um, it's not tingly or anything, but it, it feels heavy, actually. It mm-hmm. feels as though there really is actually physically something there. Um, is is that the energy body, and it's just because it doesn't move <coughs> down very much; it stays mostly around mm-hmm. my head. Mm-hmm. Is that the energy? Is that what you call the energy body, or is Pete? Is that Petey? Is that something different? Yeah, yeah, good. Is it? Are you Rowan? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so R- Rowan's asking. Um, when, when you feel more concentrated, more settled uh, in the meditation, there's an experience that's in the sort of top third of the body that feels a bit, what is it, heavy? Or? It's as though I was wearing a great big hat or a helmet or a uh-huh. dress or something. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's about two feet. It can be smaller if yeah. you can go out to what feels like maybe two feet or something. But what's the sensation there? Like pressure coming in or going out? Or what would you say? more like a sort of a gentle pressure. Okay. Yeah. Is it pleasant? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So mildly, mildly. mildly, okay. So this word piti, P-I-T-I, um, is a, a word that the Buddha used quite a lot when he talked about samadhi. And I, I would define it basically um, as any pleasant um, experience in the bodily space that arises from a non-sensual origin. Okay. Now it might. Uh, in other in other words, I'm meditating and it arises. It's not arising out of someone touching my skin or or, or something, yeah, or a taste or something like that. Um, all these definitions we can they have edges to them. So um, so this this PT arises. It can take many many different forms. Okay. What characterizes it is the non-sensuality of its origin and the um, uh, and the pleasantness. Yeah, and it can be extremely intense, like blow the roof off the top of your head kind of thing, or really quite mild. But it's all PT and it, it's all good. Yeah. So is that the energy body? Is it? Yeah. It's what what I want to emphasize. I think what I said this morning as well. The energy body is not a certain kind of experience so much. It's um, it it. There's a lot of different experiences that can come within what we might call the energy body. It's a way of attending to the space of the body. So PT is a certain kind of energy. Yeah? 
Um, there's a lot in your question, so let's just take it apart a little bit. Um, someone wrote me a note this morning, and I was thinking, of, uh, uh, maybe a good analogy is a bit like, um, if you know what harmonic overtones are, in, in when you hit a note on a musical instrument, it has um, multiple resonances of other notes that are sometimes less loud. Do, do, are you familiar with this? With, yeah. So we could say all of that is the energy body. And within that, we can tune to different, if you like, wavelengths of experience, of, or in the analogy of sound, of, of the tone. Yeah. So PT is one wavelength, or even there's many different kinds of PT. There are different tones within this series. So in a way, they're all present at the same time. Funnily enough, we just don't notice them. You could think of it like that. Um, so does that make sense in terms of what's the energy body and what's PT, just, just for that part of the question? It's a different wavelength. So when I, as I said, if I wrap my knuckles on that and I can feel the sensation, it's slightly unpleasant, whatever, you could say, call that energy body, but actually it's more, it's more a certain frequency of, of the sensation. Energy body is usually characterized by a bit more, um, we could say, subtlety of, of, of the wavelength. Yeah? Does that... Yeah. Does this make sense to people? Yes. Um, so you know these words we use in word, you know, gosh, when we get to words like soul and God, and it's it's even more kind of uh, you know, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Um, but there's there's something there's something after a while you get a feel for this. Yeah. So we're really talking about a, a kind of way of paying attention and a certain dimension of our experience as human beings that oftentimes goes unnoticed, either because of the meditative training we have or just because people in society don't, don't tend to talk about it, so, so it doesn't get noticed. So then the kind of PT that you're describing, which is one of many, many different kinds of PT, many, many different kinds of pleasure that can, that can come up, um, that's, that's, the energy body feels that way at a certain time. As you practice more, you realize, oh, that's just one type, then there's others and loads of others. In terms of it being up, yeah, that, that's normal. Um, what, I, what I might ask is if it has, it sounds quite static from what you're describing. Does it have any movement in it? Or? Um, it is quite static. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have experienced the other kinds of beauty, yeah. like tingling yeah. and, you know, showering and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But this, is, this feels very different kind. Okay. Um, and it feels as though, I don't know whether this is my imagination or... Or, or what, but it feels as though it almost has a sort of boundary, but it's very diffuse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that... Which is why I wonder whether that's more like an, like an energy body. Yeah, kind of I think it's all, it's all manifestations or experiences of energy body, everything you've described. Quite characteristic of this way of working with the energy body is a sense of some kind of boundary that is quite diffuse. I don't know where it is exactly, that's quite characteristic. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be, it, there's lots of possibilities, but that's quite characteristic. I think a, a, a rule of thumb is if it's steady, if this pleasantness, relatively steady, then your job um, at times, if you want to um, go more towards the samadhi, more towards, is just to enjoy it, okay? That's your priority. That's num- number one, like have it <coughs> flashing neon. Uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And how do you do that? Well, there's lots of ways of doing that. One is to actually, here's this experience and it's sort of up here. 
and just find where it's strongest. Maybe it's completely homogenous over that area. Maybe there's an area where it's strongest. Maybe sort of around here. And kind of, just as you might pay attention to the uh, breath here at the nostrils, you kind of dive, you focus on where it's strongest. You just nuzzle into it and really, really find the pleasure there. Yeah, so that's one option. Another option is to kind of be a bit more open with it, as if you're just bathing in this and receiving it. The whole area that's um, being touched by that and enjoying it is just is just bathing in it, like it's really. And you're opening, opening. So one um, mode of attention is a bit more probing, a bit more narrowly focused, really always seeking the pleasure. Yeah, it's very hedonistic. Yeah, it's good. Um, the other is more like you're sunbathing and just just you know, soaking up the sun. Make, make sense? Yeah. So, but then, isn't that going into more uh, practicing with uh, joy and stillness? And well, well, it might. We, what we don't know is what one possibility is that as you do that, um, actually there's a number of possibilities. One is it just stays the same and you just enjoy it. Another possibility is that just by doing that, it starts to spread and fill the whole body. Okay, now if we're talking about samadhi, that's something you want to gently encourage. You have a second option there, which is to actually imagine it spreading. Okay, it feels like it just stops it. Just, just imagine that it spread. Or just like, <laughs> I mean not with your hands, but with your mind, just spread it in the body. And that can be like it's quite viscous or it's really quite um, insubstantial and you're just spreading it. You're painting your body. In, in this, yeah? Sometimes just enjoying it, opening to it, getting into it, it will spread naturally. And sometimes it won't spread. It just stays like this, fine, just enjoy that, yeah? So the, uh, the what would you call, the, um, the size of it m- m- may or may not change. We're gently, if, if we're working towards samadhi, if that's the orientation, that's the intention, that's the conscious intention at any time, then that's gently what we're wanting to encourage, full body immersion, yeah? as the Buddha says, suffusing and saturating the whole body. Um, Another possibility is as you do that, the quality of the energy changes. So it might go, as you said, to to joy, or it might go to stillness or peacefulness, or the quality of heaviness might become very light, or there's there's all kinds of possibilities. Now we could map uh, territories here, but I think for now we don't need to. Um, Just... What, what you want with this kind of practice is you become a connoisseur. Uh, you know, like people drink taste wine tasting and they, know they can really be very discerning. It's like we become a connoisseur in, in the realm of, of, of pleasure in the body. Yeah? Very subtle, very strong, different kinds, different qualities. And, and we really get to know, get familiar with each kind. Then, then, you can, then, then you can start to map them out and see how that fits onto the Buddha's map of the jhanas and all, all that stuff. Yeah? Does that give you a bit of a sense of how to...? Yeah, I think I'm just sort of wondering whether um, I practice with the jhanas, mm-hmm. um, but that's not what we're doing here, is that right? Oh, I no. We want to be more... Okay, um, more what? Well, staying steadily with samadhi, not, not intensifying the pleasure or the stillness. Oh, oh, thank you for raising that. No, um, so we have options here, okay. Um, so, if I use the word samadhi, I'm, I really mean a big, big spectrum of what's possible, of which the jhanas, the really deep states, are just part of that spectrum. So, if what's really clear, I go back to something I said this morning, what's, what's, what wants to be clear is, what am I actually trying to do 
in practice right now. Like that means in this in this stretch of this sitting or walking. Now at some points my intention might be towards samadhi. In in the very broad sense, what that means is just gently um, encouraging gently encouraging a sense of well-being in, in, the, in the energy body space and the mind kind of getting into that and enjoying it. But we could say, that's what my samadhi direction is. Yeah? I'm not forcing it, I'm not pushing it, I'm not demanding, but that has a whole range for just sitting, uh, you know, and actually not feeling pleasant, then I'm working with, you know, easing the unpleasant, um, to very mildly pleasant, nothing to write home about, all the way through all eight jhanas, etc. Yeah, but that's the samadhi. So that's totally fine. If if that if you're you kind of working this subtle plasticine of the energy body until it if it, and if it feels like this is good, this is really good. You know, great, enjoy. If it goes into a jhana, great. You know, fine. It's all, it's all samadhi. Yeah. At other times, the the intention and orientation with regard to the energy body is no. I'm just abiding here, watching the emotional resonances. And it might be grief, it might be sadness, it might be boredom, it might be just peaceful, it might be joy, you know. But I'm, I'm uh, abiding with the sensitivity to the emotional resonances in the energy body. And if it's difficult, then I'm, uh, what's happening emotionally in the energy body, then I'm, I'm trying to work with that skillfully. What's helpful here? What does it need? Some love, some softness, some space, some image, you know, right? That's the second option. And the third option is working with images, which we did a little bit today. Um, but as we say, always on this retreat, including the um, sensitivity to whatever I do with images, I'm, I'm always in contact with my, my energy body. I'm trying to include that in the awareness because that's how I notice what's helpful, what's not, what's soul-making, what's not. Re- the resonances, as we use that word. Does that make sense? So kind of three, broadly speaking, three options. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and what's important is just, you know, clarity about w- what's happening. So one can work with the imaginal uh, in the full range, all through the jhanas, or just with a, a mild sense of samadhi? Uh, um, yeah. Study. Yeah, so um, the textbooks say, you know, um, if you're in jhana, then n- nothing else is going on in terms of images, etc. What you find with a lot of jhana practice, and what I find with with, uh, with teaching a lot, is there is the possibility to be in a jhana. See, a jhana isn't an on-off switch. It's like it's just black and white. It's actually, when you start to get into it, you start to realize it's a territory, and there's no exact demarcation point, like some people would have you believe. But what's possible for some people find it easier than others to actually be in a jhana and work with something like an image as well, or even work with a kind of skillful um, reflective process. There's all kinds of possibilities, so I wouldn't so much exclude it. You'll have to find out what's kind of possible for you. If you're just learning the jhanas, generally speaking, I would say... um, better to kind of keep them more pure at first and learn the really pure version. Nothing else is going on but this joy or whatever it is. And then then after a while, you you can kind of realize that actually more may be possible. Yeah? Okay. Is that me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just you like working with the, the love character? Yeah. Um, when I've been doing that, I've kind of noticed um, that 
two different tendencies. One to stay more with the kind of particular, the personal of the other character. Mm -hmm. And another one where we kind of hang out and start dissolving. Yeah. Should, should I choose more the personal or universal or either? Yeah. Um, so Mewa is asking, um, with the um, meditation we did today with the imaginal figure of love, um, she kind of discerns two kinds of um, unfolding that happen there. And one is tuning into the particulars and the sort of character of, of, of that person. And the other is a kind of movement towards dissolving together in, into one another and something more universal. Or how would you describe what happens then? Yeah, yeah, good. And and when it dissolves, it involves in it, when it dissolves the personal. Um, it, you see, there's many kinds of dissolving. <laughs> um, um, when it dissolves, does it dissolve into some kind of big space of oceanic oneness sort of thing, or what? What, what tends to happen? Yeah, different variations. Okay. Yeah, okay. So let's say for now, and this is part of the reason why we did this on day one in this retreat. So, um, everything, you know, everything's good in, in the big picture of things. But I think on this retreat, we're, we're um, wanting to stay more with the, the, the character of the imaginal figure, like that, that, that sense of it. Yeah. <coughs> What you might find is that um, it dissolves in a way where your person and their person just dissolves in a kind of oneness of, of something like love or, or something like that. Um, that's beautiful experience. It's not so much what we're interested in on this retreat. That's a more likely experience in, in uh, the kinds of meditation that we might teach, metta or, or um, insight meditation. There's another way of it dissolving, which is what I've been calling cosmopoesis. So that what happens is, here I am with this, with this character, and I'm, I'll, I'll say more about this tomorrow, but let's just say a little bit now. Um, I'm tuned to their character. I feel their love. I'm taking that in. I'm, I'm, there's resonances. I see their beauty, and I see also uh, their divinity. What does that mean? I don't know, but um, it. Let's just leave it open for now. In fact, um, there is a sense that they are more than the usual way our culture tends to think about the human being, or if if they're even a human form at all. There's a divinity here, and I'm I'm uh, seeing the beauty of that. Something in my soul is touched by that sense of divinity. They're not losing the human. It's almost like extending the range, if there's a human figure or an animal figure, extending the range of what that, what, what's, what's there. Yeah? And then sometimes what can happen is in, in being with that and, being, and the soul being touched by, by that, by that beauty, by that love, by that divinity, um, it's as if then that, the character of that soul starts to spread. So it's not just universal love, it's their love with their character. And somehow the whole of nature or cosmos is imbued with that particular character of that being. 
Does that make sense? So something's gone from a, a, a singular, particular imaginal figure to what I would call a particular cosmopoesis that's um, characterized with, with the same personality, if you like, somehow. So here's the, the trees, the sky, um, the earth, and somehow it's that figure and their divinity and their love writ large imbued into the fabric of, of the cosmos, cosmopoesis, enchanting the cosmos in a very particular way. Does this make sense? Yeah? So that's the, it's all good, but that's the distinction that I think we're trying to lean more, um, it's, it's the more rare uh, variety in, in the kind of circles we tend to move in. Um, the other one of just universal love or universal awareness is more, is more normal as practice deepens in insight, meditation, and metta, and those kind of things. Yeah, um, but we, we'll touch base about that again tomorrow. Gina, yeah. Um, I really liked what you just said. That it feels quite a long way away. Yeah. But it's, it sounds very, um, very interesting. That, that idea. My my experience with the um, the love figure was that at the beginning a lot of grief came up yeah. with the particular person that I've chosen. And so I chose somebody else, and then I found that a kind of opening happened. And I just wondered if that was okay to switch, because I, I noticed, Catherine, you said, trust the person you've chosen, and I, it just felt so complicated. Yeah, yeah, so no. So then I thought, okay, go with the simpler one. Yeah. And I felt something shift. Uh, absolutely, and um, yeah, go with the simpler one. And, you know, um, all this is flexible. Uh, and, and you know this anyway when you do the meta-categories, you know, someone's your benefactor, then they look at you the wrong way one day for half a second, and hey, <laughs> down to division four, you know. Um, so it's all, you know, go, go, this is part of what, what we talk about, the sensitivity to the energy, what it's like, okay, an hour ago it was her, him, whatever, and, and now this is just too, just too complex. Go with, go with what actually opens in the moment and, 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 and trust that, yeah. So it's not it's not so fixed, yeah. Um, a lot of the questions are quite advanced, if you like. I just want to make sure, like this, the, the nuts and bolts of the energy body. Uh, if there's anyone with with feeling like yikes or yeah, um, yeah, Lawrence. Um, this kind of um, leads on from Chris's question um, about being outside and getting a sense of the energy. Yeah. A very similar thing. Yeah. In, in the hall, um, similar to Rowan's experience as well. PT in the hands, dropping images in, you know, spreading, you know, kind of like a you know, sense of pressure. And, and kind of feeling like it's a little bit outside of the boundary of the skin. Outside, yeah. um, noticing very much a um, sense of appreciation, which feels, it feels, feels good. Yeah. Just flowers, birds, plain tree, love it. Um, what, just wondering you know, where to take that again it's not much of a sense of any energy body just, yeah. you know, just there's a, maybe a lightness to the body yeah. um, just wondering kind of what avenue to take with that okay, to keep the appreciation going mm-hmm. kind of open up to kind of, mm. you know, look for sensations mm-hmm. maybe use the imagination for Imagining the flowers of the birds are within. Imagine that second. Imagining the flowers of the birds are within mm-hmm. that sense of 
<coughs> within the sense of the energy body, yeah. Um, okay, so I think maybe this goes back to um, no, right, no right and wrong. The, today we've said em- emphasize the energy body, but as the retreat goes on, we're going to open up more uh, the possibilities. So, uh, you know, you say, okay, there's not much of a sense of the pity, but the lightness is there. The body feels like that's energy body. That's a, you know, if we go back to the musical <coughs> analogy, that's a certain wavelength. Yeah, great. So, so one option you have is, okay, just be with the lightness. Just be, that's tuning into the energy body. And let that, um, you know, the lightness may not be obviously pleasant at first. When I start to pay attention to it and let it fill, I start to see, oh, there's actually lightness. We like the body feeling, like generally speaking. It's nice, it's a, it's a pleasant feeling. It's more subtly pleasant. So one option you have is, don't, don't, we have to be careful. So energy body is not a certain experience. So I had this PT, now I'm trying to get that back because that's the energy body. No, the energy body is a way of paying attention. And so lightness is also um, fine, it's, it's good, yeah? So that's one option. The appreciation, you know, we've got to appreciate as well. It's a really, really important part. I think, hopefully this will get clearer. I mean, sometimes it's just, just appreciate and don't, you know, it's just let the heart appreciate, let the being, the, the senses appreciate. You know, you don't have to try and do anything with that. Um, but there's, there's a third option that we're going to kind of emphasize a little more, which is a bit, uh, I can't remember whose question it was now, um, but yeah, it was in response to Miwat. So, um, appreciation, like everything else, comes with a whole scale to it. You know, it can be a mild appreciation, it can be something touches us so deeply, you know, where, where um, the soul is, is moved, yeah? And I think what what we want to say is, when the soul is moved, what's happening there? Okay. Now there's stuff happening in the energy body, there's stuff happening in the heart, there's also something happening in the perception. So when I'm moved, when, the, when, I'm deeply, uh, when the soul is deeply touched, when there's what I call soul-making, when there's soulfulness there, the perception of what, whether it's a tree or nature or another human being or some, or some image, the perception is, um, has got more dimensionality to it. This tree is um, a bunch of atoms and it's a, you know, that's, and, and I can appreciate that, you know, wonderful. And then I go to the molecular structure and photosynthesis and fantastic, yeah? Other um, more soul-making um, appreciations, they have other dimensions. It's not obvious, because we don't talk about it in the culture, it's not, we don't have a language for it. This is what I want to, we want to emphasize a lot on this retreat. The, it's not something separate from the tree, or the materiality of the tree, or the nature of the tree, or the evolution of the tree, but in and through the appearance is something that we might call a divinity, or other dimensions. And so that might come into your appreciation. And, and partly what we're interested in is opening the sensibility to that. Because the way that we're talking about, or the way that we're defining imaginal, and the way that we're defining uh, cosmopoesis, and the way that we're defining enchantment, this retreat, could define all those in different ways. As we're talking about it, that's a key, that's a key aspect. So it might be that you start to pick up on that more. Is this making sense? Yeah. So, so if that's there, then as the retreat goes on, that's the kind of thing that we're still in touch with the lightness in the body or how that feels. 
but oh, what is that? You know, and can I can I see the beauty of the divinity, or the divinity of the beauty, in in what I'm appreciating? Could be purely intrapsychic image, could be something in nature, could be another person, could be a memory of a friend. Does this make sense, guys? Yeah. So this is this is the kind of thing we're going to be talking about. Our culture doesn't have a language for this, unfortunately. So, we, we, but but if that makes sense, and then you've got different options, yeah. Okay. Sava or please, yes. Um, so far this evening, a lot of the questions, the energy body has been a pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, so my energy body, my experience yeah. today, has, some has been pleasant, but also for all sorts of reasons that I'm not going to go into. There's quite a lot of agitation mm. there. Mm. So I, I just wanted to that up. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. It, it's totally okay, and I'm thankful someone actually said that, because you, you're not going to be alone. So, thank you. And what's your name? Jen. Jen. Um, yes. Uh, look, when we talk about energy body, we're definitely not talking about just a pleasant experience. The, the, anyone comes to me and just says, my energy body is always pleasant. I just you're not paying attention. Um, pay attention, it, it contracts, it opens, it softens, it hardens, it gets pleasant, it gets unpleasant. Um, sometimes across quite a narrow spectrum, sometimes a really big spectrum. That's the deal, okay? And um, what, again, going back to what's the intention at any time in practice. So when it's difficult, contracted or tight or agitated, as you say, um, the question is, um, what, what does it need right now? What does it need? Now, agitation might need a kind of soothing. Maybe there's, um, you, you can soothe in lots of different ways. I'm not forcing it to be different. I'm, I'm responding with care to, to something. I'm, so that's really important, yeah? There's, there's a caring response to how this feels. Um, sometimes it's just in, in the kind of attention we pay attention with. So again, like uh, we said with Chrissy, one option is just going to a much bigger space and letting the agitation kind of rumble around, but it's rumbling around in a much bigger space and, and that can tend to help, you know. Sometimes it's, it's about almost imagining, um, imagining an energy of warmth, for instance, around the agitation and something soothing. Now, it could be a full-blown imaginal figure doing something with love, or it could just be kind of energetic imagining, if that makes sense, partly visual, but, but something soothing. That, that, um, and you can use your breath to, to soothe the agitation, you know. So you can really play with it. Again, you're not, you're not forcing something, rejecting something to be different. You're, you're caring, like you would, like you, would you know, if, if a baby's agitated. I mean, sometimes, of course, parents in the run of things do get frustrated with, you know, ah, shut up, you know. But, um, hey, that's, that's life. But, um, but, but generally, you know, it's like, oh, what, what, what can I do to soothe, you know? And uh, there's all kinds of possibilities, yeah? Um, and then sometimes, you know, it's asking, there's an emotion that's making the energy body, that's at the center, and, and it's, we want to tune more to the emotional aspect. And so what does the emotion need, need with that, yeah? So it's not just purely physical, it also can be emotional, yeah? Um, I'll just say one, one more possible, just in terms of the, purely the way we pay attention, this, 
when there's something difficult with agitation or contraction or grief or whatever, normal, uh, I would even say, yeah, normal human reaction is there's going to be some kind of aversion to it. So one option is, you know, not to judge that, that the aversion, but one option in is rather than going straight to the, the, the feeling itself of agitation, is actually to be more interested in the aversion and seeing if I can kind of relax around the aversion and soften around that. So it's kind of like dealing with the secondary uh, layer of reactivity can be really, really helpful. Yeah? Does that give... Yeah? Um, but thank you for saying that, because it's, it's really, really important to, to understand. I, just need, I mean, I think I'm doing bits of all of those. Yeah. I, just for a minute there, I thought, oh, no. am I the only person? No, you're absolutely not. And like I said, any, anyone paying attention to this, it's just the nature of the, the beast, you know, um, and really, really... And, and so what we want is our range, you, you know, to be okay with all of that, okay with all the coming and going, and, and skillful when it's nice, skillful, and when it's... Um, difficult, skillful, and also when it's kind of neutral, because there's a whole skill about, you know, nothing much is happening here. Actually, that can really open up. So, yeah, thank you for saying it. It's really, really important. Yes. Okay, we better stop for tea. Uh, Rosanna. Just, just a question that came to me just now about the word re-enchantment. Yeah. Is it about re-putting in song? The yeah. cosmos. Yeah. And so just because then you talk of cosmopoiesis. Yeah. It's just like making music. Yes. Because there is another meaning enchantment uh-huh. in which it traps yeah. Yeah. and so Yeah, we will ho- hopefully be talking about that. Yeah. So I would say um I think I think it was in the talk last night. There's a kind of unskillful enchantment. I'm trapped in something, I've lost my center, I'm captive to something, some idea or some, something i c- clinging at. Yeah? And, um, and then there's what we would call, there's different kinds of skillful enchantment, of beautiful enchantment. And it is related, enchanté in French, to, to, um, to, to sp- uh, spell, magic. Yeah. So, re-enchanting the cosmos, the poetry of perception, I think was the title of this retreat. We are the poets. We make poetry with our perceiving, with our sensing of the world. And yeah, that means the poet sings. We, and sing, I mean, in a very broad sense, through our ways of looking, we sing into being. We chant into being something that re-enchants. Yes? So, yeah, d- deliberate uh, usage of, of those words, yeah. So there's something, it's like understanding Perception is a creative thing, um, and I think I think the talk tonight is about this. Um, and and uh, we we can open up that divinity and that beauty through. Yeah. Okay. So very good. Should we just have one minute of silence together before we end? <coughs>